This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Need basic information on legal rights on topics like employment, consumer or tenancy issues? Then join Luke and Julia on Lawfully Speaking, next on Plains FM 96.9. another episode of Lawfully Speaking with Luke. Today we're going to be talking about the Disputes Tribunal. Um, generally you're going to be kind of covering some key information, um, talking about what it is, and then we're talking about the process, what that process looks like, and how we kind of engage with it. Um, so start with some basics. What is the Disputes Tribunal? So the Disputes Tribunal is an informal forum that can be used to resolve a wide range of disputes. The focus of the tribunal is on claims about smaller amounts of property um, or smaller amounts of uh, money. It's governed by the Disputes Tribunal Act 1988. Unlike ordinary courts, the Disputes Tribunal is inexpensive, flexible, quick, informal, and it's also private. There are no lawyers or judges in the Disputes Tribunal. While the law is important, the tribunal also looks at what is fair and just in the circumstances. Disputes are heard by a trained referee. Referees are appointed because of their personal qualities, knowledge, and experience, and many referees have training in dispute resolution or have a law degree. The referee works with people on both sides of the dispute to see if they can reach an agreement. If they cannot agree, the referee can make a binding decision. What types of disputes can disputes tribunal hear? Um, So they, they can deal with a wide variety of have disputes. Um, these include consumer disputes, such as disputes about whether work has been done properly, the amount of money charged for work that has been done, defective goods, loss caused by misleading or uh, advertising, higher purchase agreements, now called uh, credit sales, um, issues about debts. You could also hear neighbor disputes, such as disputes about fencing issues tree roots causing damage to drains or damage to property. Or they could hear other disputes, such as disputes about damage to a car in an accident, contractual disputes, disputes about business agreements, or uh, flatmate disputes. You can legally take a dispute to the Disputes Tribunal, even if you have signed an agreement saying that you cannot use the Disputes Tribunal. It's important to note that. So what types of disputes can't be taken to the Disputes Tribunal? The Disputes Tribunal cannot be used for collecting undisputed debts, Um, disputes about wills, uh, family disputes such as disputes over care arrangements or child support, disputes about welfare benefits or ACC payments, disputes about rates or taxes, um, also disputes about ownership of land or rights um, of way, residential tenancy disputes between landlords and tenants, employment disputes, and disputes about copyright or intellectual property. It's important to note most of these areas have their own dispute resolution process, for example, through the Tenancy Tribunal or the Employment Relations Authority. So how large um, a claim can be um, for it to be 
able to be taken to the Disputes Tribunal. So the Disputes Tribunal can hear disputes up to the value of $30,000. So here's roughly how it works. So an incident occurs, um, and then the next process will be to uh, file an application. Um, it's important to do this no longer than six years after the incident occurs. Uh, we also need to get together all the evidence for the hearing. And then the person who is the other person in the incident, um, the respondent, will be told about the application and given an opportunity to um, respond to it or make any counterclaims. Um, if they do have a counterclaim, that will be filed and must have been um, 10 days before the hearing um, because the other party will need um, notice of that as well. Next process that will happen with a hearing, uh, that will be um, held. The decision can be given. Um, and then once that decision has been made, we can either have a rehearing, an appeal, or an enforcement order can be made. So how do I take a claim to the Disputes Tribunal? To take a dispute to the Disputes Tribunal, you must fill in a claim form and then either post it or take it in person to the local district court. You can get copies of the claim form from the district court or from your local community law center or Citizens Advice Bureau. You can also file your claim online. If you're, taking, if you're making the claim, you are called the applicant. The person or organization you're complaining against is called the respondent. The form must be completed with the following information. The name and address, telephone number of the person or organization making the claim. This is you, this is the applicant. The name, address, and telephone number of the person or organization the claim is against, that's a, the respondent. Details of the dispute um, and the claim being made. So we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but turn, in terms of giving details of the claim. Also need to get details of any other parties involved and details of the applicant's insurance company if they have insurance that may cover their claim. Details of the steps that are, have already been taken to try to resolve the dispute and any reasons given by the respondent for not paying or otherwise resolving the dispute. Also need to include the applicant's signature and the date. Note, it's helpful if the contact details you provide for the respondent are as detailed as possible. You should include, if you have them, home and work addresses, work, home, and mobile phone numbers, email addresses, and any P.O. box uh, number and details of any vehicle they own. You'll also need to have uh, these details later on if you want to go to the district court. Um, so we talked about this uh, just a little bit earlier, but giving details of your claim. So on the claim form, the applicant needs to provide clear details of the dispute and what the result they're looking for is. In general, an applicant should cover the following information. You should tell them what happened, when did it happen, where did it happen, who was involved, what was the damage or loss to the applicant? And what does the applicant want to do or want to be done about it now? So examples of information for specific types of disputes. So following the examples, um, basically just kind of talking about um, specifics about what they might provide in their claim. So disputes about goods supplied. So what are the goods? When were they supplied or bought? What is wrong with the goods, if anything? When was the defect discovered? What are the issues in the dispute? What does the applicant want to have done about it? For example, a refund of the purchase price or an order for the work to be done, including um, 
the value of that work. Disputes about the work being done. So this is another category. What work has been done? When was the work been done? What is the problem with the work? For example, defects or excessive charges. When was the defect discovered? What are the, what are the issues in that specific dispute? And again, always include what exactly you want as an applicant. So for motor, motor vehicle accidents, um, where and when did the accident happen? What caused the accident? What are the issues in the dispute? Were there any witnesses? Was there a police report filed? What is the amount claimed and what was it claimed for? For example, the cost of repairs for a motor vehicle or excess and on an insurance policy. So when it comes to filing your claim, once a claim form is completed, the applicant must file it with the disputes tribunal. Um, this is either at the district court personally or online. And you must pay the required fee. A date will then be set for hearing. Um, so we'll talk about how much those fees are in a second. Uh, but it's important to know, is there a time limit for making a claim? Claims made to the dispute tribunal must be brought within six years of the problem arising. However, it is a good idea to try to sort out the problem as soon as possible because a long delay in making a claim may limit the possible remedies or make it difficult to prove the claim. So how much does it cost to make a claim? The fee charged for making a claim for the disputes tribunal on the amount of, um, basically depends on the amount of the claim. The filing fee cannot be claimed back from the respondent and the fees are as following. So if the amount of the claim you're making is under $2,000, the fee will be $45. So if I make a claim between $2,000 and $4,999, the, the filing fee will be $90. And claims between $5,000 and $30,000, the filing fee will be $180. Lawyers are usually not allowed to go to the disputes tribunal hearings. If you choose to get advice from a lawyer about your claim or about defending a claim, you'll have to pay your lawyer's fees as well as the filing fee. So just to be clear here, community law centers can provide free initial legal advice about your claim if you wish to get in contact with us. So what if my claim is covered by insurance? So claims in the disputes tribunal are often also covered by insurance. If the applicant's claim is or may be covered by insurance, they must provide the details of their insurance company on the claim form. The respondents should also inform their insurance company as soon as possible if a claim is made against them and um, it, it may be covered by their insurance. If an insurance company has paid or might have to pay out a claim, it is entitled to attend and be a party to the disputes tribunal hearing. It's important to note an insurance company may also apply to the tribunal and be an applicant in their own right when they are pursuing a dispute against another party. For example, an insurance company may take an uninsured driver to the tribunal to recover costs if it is already paid out to one of their clients. How will I know if a claim is made against me? So if a claim is made against you in the disputes tribunal, you'll have to be sent a notice telling you about the claim and the date of the hearing. In this instance, you'd be called the respondent, and the person who brought the claim against you would be called the applicant. What are my options if a claim is made against me? So um, you can do um, one of the following things. So you can contact the applicant and try to resolve things without going to the disputes tribunal. You could go to the hearing and defend the claim. You could file a counterclaim in the disputes tribunal if you believe you have a claim against the other person. 
you have to file your counterclaim at least eight working days before the hearing. Both claims will then be heard at the same time. To file a counterclaim, um, we'll be talking about it a little, a little bit later on, um, you could file a counterclaim in the disputes tribunal if you believe you have a claim against the other person. It's important to know you need to, you have eight working days before the hearing to do so. And we'll talk about exactly how to file a counterclaim in a little bit. Um, also, just important to note here, if you have difficulty communicating in English, you can ask for an interpreter as well. So before the hearing, what can I do to prepare for the disputes tribunal hearing? Whether you're the applicant bringing the claim or the respondent defending it, you should prepare as fully as possible for the disputes tribunal hearing. You should make a written submission. You can make a written submission to the tribunal giving the details of your dispute and making any arguments you think are relevant. You can ask the tribunal to attach the submission to your file. The advantage of doing this is that the referee will be more familiar with your claim at the hearing. You could also rehearse your argument, so write down the main things you want to say and organize them into a clear and logical explanation of your side of the dispute. You could also bring supporting documents. Organize evidence that might support your side of the dispute, such as letters, invoices, receipts, agreements or contracts, quotes, photographs, or police reports. You could also get witnesses. Ask any witnesses who can support your case to be present at the hearing. If a witness refuses to go to the hearing, the dispute tribunal can order them to attend by giving them a summons. So showing your evidence to the other side. In the dispute tribunal, disclosure or evidence must be made available to the other party before a hearing. So it's important to send copies of all written evidence to the other parties. The tribunal advises that 10 days before the hearing allows for a fair amount of time for disclosure. The referee on the day has the discretion to allow evidence or to adjourn the hearing to allow the other party time to examine that evidence. Each party is entitled to a reasonable amount of time to prepare for their claim or defense. If a hearing goes ahead and someone hasn't had reasonable time, that may be grounds for an appeal. So who can attend the hearing? So who's allowed to go to the disputes tribunal hearing? In general, the disputes tribunal referee and the parties to the dispute are the only ones who are able to attend the hearing. The applicant and the respondent present um, will present their own cases without a lawyer or other representative. Witnesses can also attend the hearing to give evidence. And the disputes tribunal hearings are private, are closed to the public, and the media. In rare situations, the tribunal may allow a person to attend the hearing if they have a genuine and proper interest in the case or in the work of the disputes tribunal. Can someone else ever represent the applicant or the respondent? So in some limited cases, the applicant or respondent may be able to be appoint a representative. Um, so for example, requiring um, an example could be if they're under the age of 18 or has a disability that prevents them from presenting their own case or they'll be overseas at the time of the hearing. The representative cannot be a person who is or has been a lawyer or an experienced advocate unless that person is party to that specific claim. So if I need an interpreter, if the applicant or respondent has difficulty communicating in English and needs an interpreter, they should tell the disputes tribunal as soon as possible. The tribunal will arrange for an independent interpreter to be present at the hearing, and this service is free. 
If an interpreter is not available, this could be a reason for a representative to be allowed. So what about a support uh, person? In some circumstances, the tribunal may allow the applicant or respondent to bring a friend or support person to the hearing. The support person is not allowed to speak during the hearing unless they are asked to speak by the referee. What happens if one of the parties doesn't come to the hearing? The disputes tribunal referee can make a decision even if one of the parties is not there. The referee's decision will be based on information presented at the hearing. If there's an important reason why the applicant or respondent cannot come to the hearing, they should contact the disputes tribunal as soon as possible to see if the hearing can be postponed. Appearing by teleconference. So if you live more than 100 kilometers from where the claim is being heard, you can apply to the tribunal to take part in the hearing by telephone conference. Okay, so let's talk about what actually happens at a hearing. So the hearings are held at a district court or a hearing center. Unlike going to court, hearings are usually held in a small meeting room with chairs for the referee and parties to sit around at a table. On the day of the hearing, you should turn up early. This huge tribunal will have a waiting area for you to wait at um, for your, before your hearing starts. You don't have to dress formally. You can dress comfortably as the disputes tribunal is intended to be more informal than going to court. What will be the process at the hearing? So how does it start? The hearing will begin with the referee introducing everyone and the exam explaining the procedure for the hearing. Each side will state their case. Both parties will be asked to explain their side of the dispute. The applicant will be invited to speak first. The referee may ask the parties to write down anything they disagree with while the other party is speaking for discussion later on. So discussion of disagreements. Once both parties have told their side of the story, the referee will explain the law, identify the points that both parties agree on, the points they disagree on, and set out the areas for discussion. Both parties will get to comment and ask questions to clear up points that they do disagree on. Also, if there are witnesses, either party, if they have any witnesses, they will be called into a hearing room to give evidence after both parties have spoken. The referee and both parties may ask witness uh, questions. So trying to reach an agreed settlement. During the hearing, the referee will usually try to help the parties reach an agreement. If an agreement is reached and approved by the referee, it has the effect of an order of the tribunal and can be enforced in the same way as an order. So if there's no agreement made, so a referee's decision, if an agreement cannot be reached, the referee will consider the evidence and make a decision. This decision may be given at the hearing or it may be posted to the parties at a later date. So obtaining further information before a decision. In some situations, the referee may need further information before they can make a decision. If so, the referee may put the hearing on hold and a tribunal investigator might be appointed to conduct an inquiry and prepare an independent report on that case. Um, just important to note the tribunal will pay for the cost of this investigator. So how does the referee make a decision? So the referee will make a decision only if the parties haven't been able to reach a satisfactory agreement. Referees can make their decisions on the basis of what they think is fair and right. Um, rather than a strict application of the law, um, kind of be more focused on the substantial merits of justice. 
The referee must take the relevant law into account, but does not have to give effect to it um, in a strict legal rights and obligations or to legal forms or technicalities. The referee can give their decision verbally at the end of the hearing, but whether they do that or not, they have to put the decision in writing, including their reasons for the decision, and give two sides a copy of that written decision. So what type of orders can be made? The referee can make a different types of orders. For example, the referee can do any of the following. They can order one party to pay money to the other. They can order one party to deliver goods to the other. For example, if the goods have been paid for and not delivered. They can also order one party to carry out or complete work for the other, change or cancel a contract or agreement between the parties, for example, a door-to-door sales contract. They can also make an order declaring that a party is not liable to pay the disputed amount to the other, or they could dismiss the claim. So a time limit for complying with the referee's decision. So the unsuccessful party usually has 28 days to do what was agreed on, or what the referee has ordered. Um, At this point, we might be wondering, how can I challenge a decision of the disputes tribunal? Either party can apply for a rehearing in the tribunal or can lodge an appeal to the district court if they believe they have grounds to do so. However, the circumstances in which this can be done are limited, and we'll talk about them in a second. The rehearing must be applied for or the appeal applied for within 28 days of the original decision. It's important to note the original decision of the tribunal cannot be enforced if a rehearing or appeal is granted. So what are the grounds for a rehearing? Usually the tribunal will only grant a rehearing of the dispute if one party can show that not all the relevant information was available or that a mistake was made or that some, uh, something else went wrong that prevented a proper decision being made. For example, a person might apply for a rehearing if that person or his witnesses was unexpectedly unable to attend the hearing for a valid reason, or the referee made a material error in stating the amount of money or a party had to pay as compensation. Um, For example, they incorrectly added up uh, losses. Or after hearing at which the referee approved an agreement between the parties, either party discovers facts, facts that are directly relevant to dispute and that could not have been a obtained before the hearing, and that would have had a bearing on whether the party would have agreed to the settlement. Who hears a rehearing? So the same referee who heard the original case will consider the application and decide whether to grant a rehearing. However, if a rehearing is granted, it will be conducted by a new referee. What does a rehearing cost? So there's no fee for applying for applying for a rehearing. What is the time limit for applying for a rehearing? So either party has 20 working days after the original decision to apply for a rehearing. Um, so if I want to appeal to the district court, what are the grounds for appealing? There's only one ground for appealing a decision to the disputes tribunal. Um, this is that the referee conducted the proceedings or a tribunal investigator carried out an inquiry in a way that was unfair and prejudiced the result of the proceedings. What happens after appeal is lodged with the district court? So once a notice of appeal has been filed at the district court, the tribunal referee or investigator has 28 days to prepare a report to the court which sets out how the hearing was conducted and the reasons for their decision. The court register will then send a copy of the report to both parties before the appeal is heard. So who deals with an appeal? The appeal will be dealt with by a district court judge. 
So now we're going to be talking about options for enforcing a tribunal order. The fact that both parties reach an agreement or the referee makes an order does not always guarantee the decision will be followed. However, agreements and decisions made by the dispute tribunal are binding and can be enforced in the same way as an order of the district court. If the unsuccessful party does not comply with the order, the successful party can do the following. Write a letter to the other party detailing what enforcement steps will be taken if the order is not complied with immediately. This could be written by the successful party or by a lawyer or advocate on their behalf. They could take the matter to a debt collection agency. The agency will usually charge a fee or percentage of the debt. Or they could apply to the district court for the order to be enforced. So enforcing the order through the district court. How can the district court enforce an order? The district court does not automatically check to see the tribunal orders have been complied with. To start, in court enforcement action, the successful party should contact the collections unit at the local district court. Because the enforcement relates to a private or civil matter, the successful party is responsible for making sure the court enforcement action moves forward. The successful party will need to give the court information about whether the party can be served with the court documents, if you are asking the court to seize the other party's property, you must also give them information about the, that property. Also apply for each step of the enforcement procedure. Check with uh, what progress the court has made. For example, check what the court orders have been successful um, and whether they've been successfully served on the other person. We're going to leave it there. Um, hopefully this has been a somewhat informative in terms of, you know, how exactly this detailed process works and what our rights are in terms of um, engaging with it. Um, hopefully people have uh, still still enjoying the podcast and hopefully still finding this information useful. Really appreciate everyone joining me again for another one of these fun chats. Um, cheers. Cheers.